Welcome to the one and the only podcast podcast. Because nobody else would pick a name like that to name their podcast. I'm Don. I'm Scott. And we're here to uh, continue our trip through the Old Testament. Uh, specifically, at this point, we're Deuteronomy. And uh, we are halfway. Mm-hmm. And we're making yeah. our trip through the Old Testament. We're just in Deuteronomy so far. We haven't hit Genesis, Exodus, <laughs> Leviticus, or Numbers. Yeah, our our trip is starting with at Deuteronomy the of, at the end of the, at the end of the right. trip through the uh, Promised Land or How, the wilderness. However, we are in chapter three. So, if you have any suggestions for where we go after you Deuteronomy twenty three, right? What I say? I thought you said three. Oh no, twenty three. You might have said twenty three, but I, I don't know. know. I heard it was a three. Twenty three. So we're, we're in twenty three. Um, so that means we're getting close to the end, um, and we say that almost two years into Deuteronomy. Um, but if you have any, you, sug- you say that with like literally ten chapters to go. We're not quite all the way through Deuteronomy. So if you still have ideas of where we go, because, you know, we got to start our study early. Like we can't just like hit, what is it, 35? Right. And, and then, then like, say, so what's next? Right. So we got to start thinking about that now. See, yeah. I'm I'm a forward thinker. So if we ever get through Deuteronomy, should we change that bumper music at the beginning? Yeah, like, we should. Should we change it to Baby Shark? <laughs> no. So we started singing Baby Shark. I was like, I don't even know what that is, and, and I know what that is. We, and we, my wife and I text each other. I'll be like, hey, how's it going, Mommy Shark? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So now it's stuck in my head, so like I find myself like nodding, going. So if I start singing in the middle of it, that's probably the song I'm singing. Yeah. And yeah. You know, I got a lot of kids. You got a lot of kids that are uh-huh. in Baby Shark range. I, and by the time this comes out, people will be like, Baby Shark, that's so... Old, right? Like, yeah. So, baby lobster. Yeah, whatever, like, <laughs> the next big hit, baby lobster. It doesn't have quite the same ring. So instead of what the what does the fox say? What? I thought you were gonna say something at the edit. I was like, whoa, what? whoa, no, no. <laughs> no I'm just trying what to think of a kind of podcast. I'm trying to think of an animal that like what does a fox say? Does a which a fox doesn't really say that at all. And, and really, if they were actually <laughs> intelligent at all, they would have just gone to YouTube to hear what a fox said anyway. Right. But then they may wouldn't have made so much money. You know. So I just need to ask a stupid question and come up with a song and say a bunch of noises in uh, the background. I'll look at the uh, Mother Goose Club library mm-hmm. of uh, songs we have and see what a good next one will be. See which animals have not been utilized right. yet. Uh, there's the, uh, is it the lion and the unicorn? Huh? The boxing match one, the lion and the zebra. I don't know. Oh, I can't remember. I should know that one. I I, I read my I, I I make my kids listen to music that's that's not little kid music. My my oldest is really getting into hip hop right now. Oh, really so nice. That's been nice. Okay. Except for he's driving everybody else nuts. They're like, if we hear KB one more time, and I'm like, but it's it's a pretty good. Yeah. Group of C- at least he's picking that. Is he know? okay? That's yeah. He likes uh he likes NF a little bit. Okay. And he's like me. We're both like, NF, you need to smile, dude. You need like happiness in your life. <laughs> like, you need the joy, joy, joy down in your heart. Okay. You apparently don't have it. Um, he likes KB. He likes 21 Pilots, which I'm sick of them. It's not really know. rap at that point or hip hop. 21 Pilots has some flavors. Does it? Okay. Yeah. The stuff you hear on the radio, not as much, but he, he'll <clears throat> rap a little bit. But um, uh, he's okay with Lecrae, which I understand because I'm like only so so with Lecrae yeah. as well. Like, not just, not really content wise. Just he's not as good of a rapper as everybody thought he was. Mm-hmm. He, well, I, 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 does, that mean? Uh, does that mean his stuff isn't getting better? 
I guess. Yeah. He had that song with. Uh, oh, that was a good one. I think I know what you're talking about. Is it a, a, agave? <laughs> I don't um, know the guy's name is oh no, I thought it was another thing. It was uh, some like chick. one of the Andy Minio. Oh, Tori Kelly. Yeah, I thought that was a good she, song. She sings really well. Mm-hmm, I don't she know does. who she is, but I thought, yeah, that's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, you know, he's kind of in that, but like, like I, if he has a favorite, it's KB. And okay. all the kids think like the song "Not Today, Satan" is hilarious. Oh yeah, like, that was not good today, one. Satan. <laughs> <laughs> and like whatever, we, like instead of saying no now, it's like not today, Dad. <laughs> like, what are you implying? <laughs> I don't like, like this anymore. What are, you, what are you saying? Dumb song. KB's gone. Oh, you, you think you're going to play on PlayStation? Not today, son. <laughs> <laughs> like, but uh, yeah, so they're just kind of sick of KB themselves. But he's like 12 years old and in that like, it's the greatest, you mm-hmm. know, kind of. Yeah, at least at least he's listening to some good music. Yeah, I, I have some a bone to pick with Undefeated because I'm always like, eh, speaking on behalf of God, that's a scary thing to do. You know, like that's if true. You're not, if you're not straight up reading scripture out loud and you're putting words in his mouth, mm-hmm. that could be a little bit scary. Yeah, but, but some people paraphrase. But that song is definitely kind of <laughs> paraphrase. Um, but yeah, it's I'll I'll take that. Okay, I'll take you know, I'll take. I mean, I introduced it to him because I was listening to it while running and stuff. So whatever. Well, hey, uh, again, get him into some music that you not have. Don't have to worry about how it's influencing him. Right. And then know. I can be like, not today, Satan. <laughs> I don't even know my girls listen to music. I'm trying Church to Clyde. think. Oh, that's that's an old school song. Your kids might like that too. Mm-hmm, that's true. Church clap, not today, Satan. Long live the champion. Because my wife doesn't listen to much music. No, I listen to more than they do. Oh. Um, they listen to more worship music and and that sort of thing. Like Bash was just upstairs, and he was just like, he, you could really turn on worship music, and he would just sit there dance and drink uh, drink a little sippy cup for like all day long. It's like <laughs> nice, dude. If he's crying, turns worship music on. If he's doing something he's not supposed to, turns worship music on. He turns around, stands like the TV, and just I'm dances. Not, it's like, dang. I'm not that holy. Uh, it, uh, when he's crying, I'm definitely that holy. <laughs> when our kids were younger, they'd cry in the car, whatever. I'd like to just start creeping the volume up. And my, my wife would be like, that's so mean. You get, like, they're crying. You should just drown them out and like, watch me. <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> that's what I did. And I, like, I really like the extreme. So I like, you know, very heavy metal. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I like, like, like rap and hip hop, so it's really easy to drown down again. Oh yeah, no, I, I, so I usually have the rap and the hip hop and turn it up. Got some good bass, can't hear much. It still works. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. I still do that now if they're fighting or arguing, or if they're singing. <laughs> Sometimes. Not today, children. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, All right. Uh, speaking of children, um, this is another episode that maybe not the first part, but the second part. You may have to uh, use parental discretion. Uh, it, I don't think it's as overt as maybe some of the last few, but there's still a chance that it could get to be a little more adult-themed, so use your parental discretion wisely. And I would say this is maybe more of a PG. Okay, um, yeah. It's compared to like a PG-13, but you know, there's varying degrees of PG. So. Yeah, I mean, this one could be... You might have some describing to do. Um, <laughs> Man, well, maybe you want to wait with that. Get to some indecency. We'll, we'll talk about what that means. Yeah, well, it's the same as, uh, as last episode's indecency. It's that same. Mm-hmm. So. 
So, all right. So well, with yeah, that... We'll, we'll describe it in great graphic detail for you. So, um, chapter 23, Deuteronomy, verse 21 through 25 is where I'll go ahead and start. It says, If you make a vow to the Lord your God, you shall not delay fulfilling it. For the Lord your God will surely require it of you, and you will be guilty of sin. But if you refrain from vowing, you will not be guilty of sin. You shall be careful to do what has passed your lips, for you have voluntarily vowed to the Lord your God what you have promised with your mouth. Maybe I'll stop there. Um, so the vow, and then we've got the, some some food. Um, so what, what do you got for the vow? Anything uh, that well, stands out? What actually stood out, and I remember this from like flannel graph church when I was a little kid, was uh, Judges 11? Um, uh, Jephthah, sure. Jephthah. Okay. Jephthah, Jephthah, Jephthah. It's not the one where you like stab through the, like, the, the body no, fat, that's, is it? That's uh, Jehud. Okay. Uh, Yehud, Yehud. I still can't haven't found a children's Bible. I'm <laughs> confident that I like the well, picture for. Well, this is this would be another good one for a children's Bible. Um, mm-hmm. Dude uh, is the daughter of a prostitute and the son of an Israelite, and so he has no inheritance uh, because he had other uh, siblings that were, you know, not descendants of a prostitute. And uh, so, but he's he is a mighty warrior, and he returns to fight a battle for Israel. And uh, he says, Lord, if you give me this battle, I will sacrifice a burnt offering to you of anything that comes out of my house um, or the first thing that walks out my door when I get home. So he has a successful battle. And as soon as he uh, gets home, his uh, one and only child, his daughter, comes out of the house and like, way to go. And she's like playing a tambourine and celebrating her dad's military victory. And he follows through on the bow. Because Judges was a sick, sick time in Israel's history. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, and uh, he basically lets her mourn for two months uh, because she was never married uh, and like will never be married or anything like that. And then he uh, offers her as a burnt sacrifice. Mm. Um, and the whole time, he never had to do that. Like, he never had to make that vow. Nobody twisted his arm. Hmm. Um, I'm sure he was hoping like the goat would come to greet him. I'm like, who is like, oh man, the first yeah, thing that, out of that my would house be weird. Is be, <laughs> like, oh good, the donkey came for it. You know, it's like that's so, Daddy, I love you, man. <laughs> well, and it, it's uh, there's also the violation of what was to be sacrificed as a burnt offering. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, she was not a pure spotless lamb. Um, that's you yeah. Know, she was not. Uh, you know, God was never a fan of human sacrifice. He was not Moloch. He wasn't, you know, one of those type of gods. So there's all sorts of <coughs> that basically happened because of his stupidity. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, in this case, God is saying the vows are voluntary. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not required to make vows as a Christian. Like, you are. there's nothing that you are required to say, God, I'm going to do this and I will follow through on it. But... If you do, Moses here is saying like you got to take care of business and you got to take care of it with integrity and you actually got to do it pretty quickly. Well, I, if, if if you but it actually if you take this to Jesus, um, he actually addresses this in the Sermon on the Mount. So if you go to Matthew five, and there's going to be a lot. Thirty three. <laughs> um, so in Matthew five thirty three, he addresses this idea of oaths. He says. <clears throat> Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old. So he's referring to to old the Old Testament, uh, most likely Deuteronomy. You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven 
um, for it is by the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your, your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Um, let what you say simply yes or yet, or let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. So, really, they address this vow um, in Deuteronomy or in the Old Testament. But Jesus is saying, well, "Well, you really have nothing to to make a vow on." Um, Christopher Wright actually says this, or not Christopher Wright, I lied. It's um, Mounts. Um, and, and, and the commentary says, Jewish tradition held that oaths using God's name were binding, whereas those avoiding God's name were not. Jesus now teaches that any such practice is misguided because God is necessarily involved in all transactions. Heaven is his throne, earth is his footstool, Jerusalem is his city, and even the color of a person's hair is beyond human control. So, so really, this right here covers all bases. And so, in a, in a sense, Jesus is saying, you really shouldn't even make vows. He said, just let your yes um, be yes or your no be no. So, so really, as Christians, we really shouldn't be making vows. Our word and what comes out of our mouth should just be clearly what comes out of our mouth. We shouldn't have to make a vow. We should say, oh, well, Don said that. Great. Then I know that's going to happen, and I know it's going to go the way that he said. Yeah, there's kind of an a integrity piece at play in both the Old Testament and New. Right. Uh, what Jesus says is is obviously <clears throat> kind of a heavier weight on that integrity because mm-hmm. it's like you don't even have to make the vow because you should just be a person with that kind of integrity. Yep. And in the Old Testament, it was like, you know, uh, if they made a vow and then uh, went forth and broke that vow or did not repay what they're supposed to repay, etc., um, they looked bad not only to their brothers but also to any outsiders mm. that could be there. So. <clears throat> Well, there's some shadiness if you make oh, yeah. a vow, and and if if you go by Jewish tradition, and you're like, well, um, I didn't use God's name, so it's not really oh, yeah. binding, and I don't have to do it. But but when you think about it, you know, at first you're like, well, why would I do that? But in reality, how many times do people in our own culture be like, well, and they find some little loophole or stipulation as oh, to why yeah. they don't have to hold on to dude, that? I, I used to play uh, board games with a dude like that. <clears throat> His name is Scott. Oh, yeah, that's true. Mr. Loophole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still good at finding loopholes. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. We will all try and find that loophole oh, yeah. when, when we need it, mm-hmm. whether in a goofy situation like a, a game or whatever, yeah. a serious a law or whatever, that we try and find our, a way to not have to uphold our end of the deal. Yeah. If it causes great pain to us. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so Jesus kind of takes takes that a little bit further. And that's what I love is like uh, many of these things we're talking about, Jesus kind of takes them even further and says, well, wait a second. Like you're looking at the very minimal of what you have to do with the law. And Jesus is like, well, wait a second. He kind of takes all of these things to the next step. I mean, we were talking about what the 10 commandments earlier in Deuteronomy, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, what we spend almost every commandment back in the new Testament. And then Jesus right. is like, well, it's not just the bare minimal. There's a little bit more to that. Yeah, well, in this section, whole section of scripture, we're going to be spending, like I said, a lot of Matthew, the Matthew 530s range mm-hmm. uh, well, is really where a lot of this picks up. When we're talking about uh, later on, Deuteronomy 24 and divorce, we're going to spend some time in the New Testament too. Right. So, so yeah, there's yeah. quite a bit there. All right. <laughs> so this is a Old Testament, New Testament podcast today. Yeah. Um, funny how everything <clears throat> works together. Uh-huh. Interesting. Like there's a whole council 
of scripture. Like it's one big story or narrative yeah, like, with it. Yeah, <laughs> all links together. With God being the center of it. Huh. And I always thought that we could just get away with only the New Testament. Don, you are so wrong. Man. So wrong. All right. Anyway. Well, I promise so, you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends. What are you promising? How are you vowing it? Yeah. Well, I'm going to not vow at all because it could go very badly. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I will sacrifice the first grape that comes into my mouth. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. But. Yeah, I'm not sure how you would do that. Trying to... Is it a burnt offering? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what kind of wine are we talking about? <laughs> um... I don't know. I like a good wine. Yeah, that's true. I'm but a, but it still a, wouldn't be a burnt offering. You know what? My wife asked me to bring bread on the way home. I think what she meant was wine. That's what. <laughs> I, that is always how, what she means. How are the kids going to make lunch tomorrow? Bread and wine. <laughs> <laughs> we got a. Oh gosh, this is. We got this wine. It was called like Seven Moons or something <clears throat> like uh-huh. that. I posted a picture of a friend of mine on Facebook. I was like, he, he's a dispensationalist. Okay. And I was like, look, man, Dispy wine. And he responded back, I think you mean dispensational communion juice. He <laughs> was like the church, you know, typically, uh, if it's dispensational, there might also be like anti-alcohol kind of thing. Uh-huh. So it's kind of... That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. One yeah, we, more blood moon and I get my punch card. <laughs> we, we, let our, we let our daughters for the first time have wine with communion. Um, oh, look at you freaking... Over Christmas. Principal. Well, we didn't like have real wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like you're more Christian than half the people. That <laughs> hey, before you like get mad, um, first of all, nobody ever emails us anyway. Second, <laughs> like the regulative principle, yeah, actually would not make any room for Welch's uh, grape juice during mm-hmm. communion. So, yep. But if your church is like mine, it probably offers. <laughs> <laughs> Our church does not. We're not allowed to drink anywhere near it. Really. Uh, yeah, they're not allowed to drink. Now, they do drink, so like separately and outside of the church and off grounds, and I, but there's no alcohol that's allowed on church grounds. You bunch of non-regulative... I, I know. You and guys are so Baptist. Well, the thing is, is we also have like, I know, like, I don't know whether, so I still don't know if we're, I don't know which Baptist we are, but. Not, not the drinking ones. No, definitely not. We're part of the SBC, and technically, when I was, uh. Uh, pastoring in the SBC, they requested that once a year I preach on the equal evils of alcohol, and I never did. How does that work? And I cracked a beer and said, <laughs> "I'm not." No, I, I was like, "Well, it's not," but I wasn't. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I drove that church into the ground. I was not employed long enough to, <laughs> to get fired. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I got hired. There's 50 people. When I actually took the position, there was like 25. That's fair. <laughs> I brought 10 of my own. One stayed. <laughs> hey, church, just don't write a book on church growth model. <laughs> no, no, I think I should write one on church shrink. Okay. <laughs> like, need your church to go away. <laughs> Are there too many people? Take a church that it has a congregational uh, a structure and turn it into a elder deacon structure and watch what happens. <laughs> You'll get people so mad at you. They'll leave evil comments on your blog. <laughs> They'll call you things like Rambo. And I was going to say, is that really a bad one? I know. I was like, no what? No ever I, called me Rambo. I'm like, you hired me, told me to make all these decisions, and when I did, you got mad at me. <laughs> you didn't fire me. You left the church. If you're a congregational, you could have fired Where were we? Okay, anyway. So That's with a that, different podcast. <laughs> so I guess we'll talk about the joys of alcohol or the not-so-joys of alcohol in a future podcast. Yes. So with that, um, let's go on to chapter 23, 20, 
verse 24 through 25. If you go into your neighbor's vineyard, you may eat your fill of grapes as many as you wish, but you shall not put any in your bag. If you go into your neighbor's standing grain, you may pluck the ears with your hand, but you shall not put a sickle to your neighbor's standing grain. Yay. <clears throat> sundry. Kind of. Kind of sundry. Mm-hmm. But. Lo- I don't know. I had just said, love your neighbor, help the needy, but they shouldn't abuse it. That's a, I mean, that's. I, I mean, I didn't know what else to put. Um, I, have a, I have a little bit. Okay. But, what you got? Um, it's kind of a. There, there's a two-way street here. Um, God providing the abundance and providing for his people in abundance. So there you've got like people that have crops to give. And mm-hmm. in this day and age, there was not like, like they weren't preserving grapes by, you know, putting them into a vacuum sealed package and putting them in a warehouse somewhere for six to eight months before they could be delivered to the store. Mm-hmm. They either used them, turned them into wine, uh, ate them, or they became nothing. You know, they became fodder for whatever animals came around or whatever. So giving up uh, such an abundance was not actually a, a painful thing for the farmers, and this is because God was blessing them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I don't know if they made jelly at that time, you know, kind of mm-hmm. thing. So right. they, they didn't really have a way to uh, hang on to it. Um, so there's no reason for somebody to be selfish and to hold that with like clenched fists. And if you've ever tried to hold a grape with clenched fists, you know what happens, you know, grape juice. It squishes. Yeah. yeah it, or no, wine. That was bad. That was, that was a dad. Yeah. That was a dad joke. joke. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wah, wah. Um, on the other hand, um, you also, as somebody traveling through the land were to recognize God helping you out and, uh, giving you kind of that day by day nourishment. That's why there's the whole like don't take uh, excess because in one regard you need to trust that God's going to continue to provide for you, um, especially if you're an Israelite traveling through Israel's land. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the other hand, you're also like you said, you're not supposed to kind of rip off the landowner. You're supposed to respect, love your neighbor, understand that they have a living to make out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you should be going through there like, oh man, look free grain, you know, or whatever, and taking whatever you need. Um, there's a demand to respect the property owner who is your brother and uh, who's part of the same covenant community community. And it shows that as part of our, uh, I mean, part of our um, responsibility as a society to make sure that people are taken care of. Um, And I mean, even if you look at our own current society, um, we have structures set up for that. Um, The unfortunate part is people still abuse it. And I think, I think by them even having to mention this shows sometimes the greediness that is part of the human heart, really from both perspectives, those who are um, who are allowing their grapes and their grain to be picked, but at the same time, um, you know, if they want to hoard on to that, but also a greediness from, from those that could potentially go and, and um, get some of that grain. And we actually see later on, actually in chapter 24 at the end, where the sojourner, the widow, and the fatherless, the orphan, those are the ones that that, that ultimately, once again, are supposed to um, take the access of, of what is out there. And, and that's the sundry. Yeah. That's a, the true definition of it. And when it, when it really comes down to, this is all God's land anyway, none of it's that's, theirs. Yeah, and that's what I mean by that two-way street. Like, <clears throat> it's God providing the abundance. Yeah, like, yeah. And it, we, I mean, that's something that we should probably take into account for our lives nowadays. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, is that we usually do have an abundance. We just don't realize it. When you think of the amount of 
you know, food that you discard that you, uh, you, you know, we've had stuff that we've, it's buried in the refrigerator somewhere and then we find it like, oh man, that expired last week, you know, kind of thing. So there, if we're better at watching our, our groceries and mm-hmm. stuff like that, we might find that it is a lot easier to, you know, donate food, have people mm-hmm. over for a meal because we do have a lot more than we often know of i know there's like that one person out there who's like well you don't understand my situation hey you're the person who needs to come over and take the meal (laughs) you know kind of thing uh but yeah there it's it's that respect for god who's giving you an abundance as the landowner and it's for those who are living by his provision Mm -hmm. uh while traveling through and it's uh respecting those that uh have been blessed by God and saying, you know what, just because God gave him all that doesn't mean I can just rip that person off. Right. There, there's a there's a, a system in place there. Mm-hmm. Well, and it kind of goes back to the beginning of Deuteronomy of what we were talking about originally. We, When we were originally talking in Deuteronomy, I, I think is how many times do we hear that word, lest you forget, or that phrase? And many times it's like, you know, lest you forget that, that this is the God that brought you out of Egypt, the one who's provided. And so many times... It, it's man taking, getting that wrong perspective of, look what I've accomplished. And it's like, no, nah, you didn't really accomplish that. All of right. what is given to you is God's. Did and you so, make the rainfall? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Did you make the sunshine? You're going Job, huh? Oh, yeah. Maybe that's where I was pulling that from. Yeah, uh-huh. that's what it sounds like. Do you know where the ice houses are, where the snow is stored? Can you hook the Leviathan? Can you? No, the Leviathan scares me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's just the monsters from Revelation. I was just about to say, it sounds like a big monster. <laughs> that was Job. Yeah. Uh, the behemoth and the Leviathan. Mm-hmm. They're probably dinosaurs, man. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man, why are we so weird as Christians? Oh, dude? my gosh. I don't know. Wait, that's a, that's another podcast, too. We're going to... Dude, we're, we're going to have like the weird podcast. Yeah. Like the wine, the Welch's grape juice, the Leviathan. <laughs> what does it call it? Welch's grape juice. <laughs> Real communion or not? Bakesh and Welch's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder if we get any money for that. Well, <laughs> not I guess from Welch's. If I'm yeah, not from Welch's. If, if we're going, slam it. Uh, we're going. What is it? Not not passive, but um, uh, kosher wine. Kosher wine. Kosher wine. I did find out from my uh, vegan sister that um, a lot of wines are actually made with uh, animal byproduct. Really? Yeah, I had no idea. It's usually drained out um, and not in the bottle itself, but <clears throat> so it'd be vegetarian friendly. Um, but it's called a bone bone char or something that's used in the wines. Yeah. And so she's got a list of wines that she can have because they're the. Yeah, I know. I have a vegan sister. You know, you guys got to learn something <laughs> about me. Um, but that she will have, and there's other wines that um, she won't touch because of that. It takes too much work to figure to have that list. I know. I, I just I know the wines I like. And mm-hmm. Does it taste good? Yep, sounds yeah. good. It, hey, this tastes like the ground it came from. Let's not drink that again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, um, well, we're back to wine. Are you? Yeah, did you have a too, bad day? No, wasn't bad, really. <laughs> not sure why. Not a long day, but not a bad one. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Same. Here. <laughs> anyway. All right. So chapter twenty-four, um, <laughs> verse one through four. Hey, we should celebrate the end of 23 with a glass of wine. <laughs> I might have some. <laughs> Does it come in a box? Actually, Sarah's been making this really good pizza sauce using some wine. <laughs> wine. I'm like, what? Well, that's what we had to do in the garage. <laughs> um, 
Hey, that's your seller. Mm-hmm. All Absolutely. Right, so anyway, all right. So when a man takes a wife and marries her, if then she finds no favor in his eyes because he has found some indecency in her, and he writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out of his house, and she departs out of the house, and if she goes and becomes another man's wife, and the latter man hates her and writes her certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out of the ho- his house, or if the latter man dies, who took her to be his wife, then her former husband, who sent her away, may not take her again to be his wife after she was has been defiled. For that is an abomination before the Lord, and you shall not bring sin upon the land that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance. It's a lot of paper. Ooh, so this is where um, we'll try not to describe things in graphic detail, mm-hmm. but... We are talking about indecency again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll give you uh, a couple of seconds here to shoo the kids out of the room if you feel you need to. Um, like I said, this might be more of a PG than a PG-13, mm-hmm. but we're giving you three, two, one. Uh, there you go. On with our show. All right. <clears throat> so um, in Deuteronomy... Um, right here, um, something indecent really is not specific. Um, it can be something as simple as, as he just doesn't like her. Um, it is Divorce would be a matter of internal family law. Um, it would not be something that you would need the authorities or the elders for. Um, a man may not marry a wife he has divorced if, if she has subse- subsequently been married by another man um, and then divorced or widowed. Um, the certificate of divorce ultimately was to prove her status as, as free to marry the second man. Um, so that was ultimately to protect her from really him being vengeful, saying, oh, wait a second, she's an adulteress, and, um, and, and you know, going against her in some way, saying that... that, that you know, she wasn't free to do that. So the certificate of divorce ultimately was partially there to protect the the wife um, from any hasty action that the, that the man may choose to do. It's um, also, um, it's a weird sort of mercy in the midst of something that would displease God. Uh, he, there, there's a provision here also for a male-dominated society where women didn't technically have the ability or resources to work and to make a living and to keep safe and to keep shelter um, over themselves. So her having that certificate also uh, helped her to find somebody else that could take care of her and also uh, took away the stigma and the shame that could have come upon her and allow her to potentially uh, go back home and live without being like terribly looked down on um, or get remarried so that somebody could provide for her. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of it's kind of this weird mercy in the midst of something God does not approve of, but He also doesn't just leave her out to dry. And we'll talk a little bit more about the indecency because that really is a uh, kind of a broad bunch of weak sauce. Mm-hmm. So, well, in Matthew, Jesus kind of addresses that. Um, so <clears throat> um, I'll go ahead and read Matthew nineteen. Um, one through eight. And, and Jesus, ultimately, um, he's out teaching at this time. Um, he has currently large crowds around him. Um, and in Matthew nineteen three, it says, And the Pharisees came to him and tested him by asking, 
is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? So ultimately they're asking, you know, this, this word that indecent doesn't necessarily specifically say anything. Um, Jesus is now going to go ahead and address really that word. Is this a, is this where he's basically like, because you little jerks needed a way out. Moses gave you divorce. Yeah, pretty okay. much. Uh huh. Right. So Jesus kind of puts them in their place. They're trying to trick them. You know, they, they got a couple purpose. ideas. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, um, let's see, where was I? Um, so ultimately, um, there were different, uh, there were different ways of thinking. So in Jewish tradition, um, there were two major ways of thinking. There was, first of all, um, that that indecent that, that is discussed in, in Deuteronomy could either be immorality or could be anything at all. And so ultimately the, the Pharisee here is, is getting ready to, to really, in a sense, it's kind of a loaded question. Um, they want him to say something specific, um, and Jesus is always smarter than they are, and here's kind of how he responds. Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female, and said, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh? So Jesus starts out by bringing him back all the way to Genesis 2.24 with the original creation saying, well, well, technically, if you really want to get to it, there, there's, I mean, therefore a man shall leave his wife and um, see the two shall become a one man flesh. Shall leave his wife? What? No, no, wait. Did I say that wrong? <laughs> yes. I totally she, said that wrong. Man should leave his parents. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, I don't believe. Okay, anyway, I'm not editing that. So have you? So I'm going to read it specifically, not quickly. Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female, and said, "Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh." So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. So God is taking it all the way, or Jesus is taking it all the way to Genesis, saying, here is the intent of marriage and the union of a man and a woman, and no one has the right ultimately to separate it. So kind of like, well, guess what? In your face, divorce really isn't a thing. Mm. But he goes on. Um, so if that wasn't enough for him, oh, okay, so they respond. Well, they said to him, why then did Moses command one to give a certificate of divorce and to send her away? And this is where what Don was talking about early. He's like, well, guess what? I'm not done. He said to them, because of your hardness of heart, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. So he ultimately basically defines that word indecent and their attempt to go ahead and trick them and say, well, God never intended divorce to be a thing anyway. And because of your hardness of heart, if you really want to go there, the only good reason for it is sexual immorality or commits adultery. And, and kind of a little background, I guess Grisanti argues that by this time, by, by Jesus' time, uh, divorce is actually kind of a, a rampant problem. Really? Uh, okay. It was actually a very common thing um, among the, the Jews, and possibly that could be why this question was being asked. And there's a couple other, like, there's some even more obscure <coughs> questions about uh, marriage. Like, uh, somebody asked, like, so if a guy has a, uh, a wife and he dies and she remarries and then that husband dies and then she remarries, oh, that, yeah. Yeah, like, who gets it's her like, in the kingdom? Come on. You know, kind of thing. Um, so there's a lot of uh, questions ar around uh, the mysteries of such. Like, what does it mean and how does all that get worked out? Um, 
but that you, you know so jesus could have been saying hey wait a minute you know you gotta uh, you know we gotta kind of put a, a cap on this thing and uh we're gonna go back to how it was originally designed what the original creation intent um and when we get to the uh timothy uh and titus elder list of like what what to look for in an elder it does state a man of one wife and i think it's also um paul reinforcing that point a little bit as well saying like hey look we can't have somebody that's just going to go out and divorce people for no reason or somebody who's going to take on multiple wives because he's uh, hormonally crazy. Uh, you know, we're going to kind of draw it back into a man and a woman are going to get married and become one flesh. It's, it's a sacred thing, mm-hmm. not a <clears throat> commodity or, you know, a, a, a service to be rendered or, you know, it's, it's not like picking a, a cable package. It's picking a spouse, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, that one's up in her price. We're out, you know. Like right. that, that, I don't like her anymore. Yeah. What's change? Well, well, you even <laughs> said that. I guess what you said was Chris Santi that had mentioned that um, this divorce during this time was kind of a rampant thing among the was it the Jews or just yeah, the culture in general? Or uh, I don't know if you. I just took the note. Um, <clears throat> I would imagine probably, probably cultural, but definitely, it, it was somehow affecting them. Whether it was cultural because they're in Roman occupied territory and the right. Romans were okay with it, and maybe the Jews started to follow it, or maybe it was just something among the Jews because there was less oversight mm-hmm. uh, of their marriages than there would have been in the community because it would have been a little more, you know, dispersed. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, but but if you think about it, though, it's still relative to our our culture today. I mean, divorce. Yeah. I mean, divorce, and in, in just our society and culture is as well. If they don't make me quote happy anymore, then I can go ahead and divorce them. Or right. so it's a very selfish. So marriage has become a very selfish interaction between between people, and and really though, it doesn't get much better in the church when you still have what a fifty percent. Um, a 50% divorce rate, even among Christians. I mean, that I, same I mentality. The, the, that study was proven false. Oh, was it really? still higher than you'd think. Okay. But yeah, the 50% among Christians, I don't believe is but I, debunked. I, but I still know a ton of so, yeah, people that, that claim Christianity. And, and I'm not, I'm not, I guess I'm not judging whether they are Christian or not, because I, I don't have that ability to do that. But those that say, well, well, I'm a Christian and, and they have been divorced or they've divorced for, for other reasons outside of sexual immorality and, and so, um, or adultery. So it's kind of one of those things that, unfortunately, it still is way too common, even in the church or the Christian setting, when, when you come to divorce. Sadly enough, as a teacher, um, I usually assume that a person's parents are not still together. Um, it is rarer for me to find someone that still has a mom and dad that aren't divorced mm. than it is to find someone that, that has a, 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 a family, a mom and dad who's married. Um, so I always lean on the, they don't have married parents anymore. And most of the time I'm correct. Um, so it's, it's more rare for me to go, Oh, okay, it's cool. Your parents are still married. Um, that just, not exactly. much of a thing, sadly enough. So yeah, the, uh, so imagine that something that has become permissible, sadly, um, suddenly having the, you know, having that squashed by 
Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and I, and I teach what about 160, 170 students a year. So that's a lot of families. When when wow. you think about when you think about it, it it's kind Whatever. of some of them are siblings. Don't lie. Um, I'm playing. I'm, play, I'm completely playing. Some, but not quite that many out of the hundred. But no, but no, it's 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 kind of sad. No, it's super so, sad. So, but so Jesus addresses this divorce thing again. Matthew five thirty one. He says it was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual morality, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Excuse me. So, he even goes back, um, quotes the whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce goes back once again to Deuteronomy 24 and says, look, um, really sexual immorality or committing adultery is is the only real grounds for divorce. And that's one of the things that um, in here is, there, this, that's one of the separation pieces here. If uh, we go back to, and I don't have the reference, but I think it's Leviticus 20, possibly. Um, um verse know. 10. I don't know if this is off my head. Um, they, uh, the punishment for adultery is actually death. Mm-hmm. So this, whatever this divorce reason is for it, it is not because of adultery. So we can like kind of take that out of the equation here. Um, is it Leviticus 2010? Yeah. Good call. If a man commits adultery with the wife of his neighbor, well, it gets into a bunch of different scenarios. If a man lies with the wife, father, oh yeah, this is like the mother, brother, father, yeah. sister, it's, nakedness it's, it's of your death, mothers, right? of your yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, I didn't just make that up. <laughs> no, you're good. Right. So that that we can uh, say here for sure that this is not a uh, adultery situation, which makes that that's why I said it's kind of that open ended weak sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not like a good reason here. Um, one of the things that uh, commentary writer Grisanti also was adamant about uh, is that this is not a uh, this is not installing a right to divorce. Um, it's still Moses is still frowning on it. He's not saying um, this is how you're supposed to act. But basically, the way this is written, and if your uh, lawyer brother was here, he could probably pronounce half these legal terms. Terms. Um, <laughs> he said this is basically written in a format that's kind of like case law, mm-hmm. and it would be if you came across a woman and this was the circumstances. This would be the law on how this was treated. Okay. It is not saying, it, it is not putting in a bill of rights saying, and I'm granting you the rights for divorce. It's saying if you come across the situation, this is what, what it should be acted upon or how okay. it should be acted upon. And I thought that was kind of a big distinction because it does, when you're reading through here, it really does kind of seem almost like what we read in Leviticus, like, um, the law says this, mm-hmm. and they'll be put to death. Right. This is, but this is a little bit different. This isn't that kind of a law. This is a upon discovery of this situation. This is what should happen. And and I think it's and and I think Jesus makes it very clear because you know it was you know Jesus is kind of responding to his question. Well, well, here's the original intent of marriage, and then I almost hear like in 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 the minds of the Pharisees or in the words of the Pharisees, at least in my mind, you know, he's like, well, well, then why did Moses command one to give a certificate of divorce and 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 to send her away? It's like, well, here's what the Bible says. So what's it there for? If 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 it's not allowed and you can't oh, yeah. do it, then why is it even there? And Jesus is like, man, it's be because of your hardness of heart. And 
And so ultimately, like he kind of even addresses that. He's like, man, I'm not condoning it. He's like, it's your own hardness of heart that's put you in this. It's your sin. Right. (laughs) And really, it it shows that there's probably something wrong with their heart anyway, that they're even asking the question with, in my my mind, a sense of sarcasm. Um, Uh, Yeah, but I also look at like how many times, uh, whether like pastoring youth or like ministering in youth and stuff like that, do we get those questions from the little things like, Hey, is it uh, really illegal to download uh, songs right. off of a file sharing site? It's almost like um, he, to, they want permission. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what does the Bible say about holding hands? Mm-hmm. Okay. What about kissing? Right. Okay. What about you know? It's like kind of like they they want to get the grades to say like, all right, how close can I get to it until it's sin? Mm-hmm. Like, where can I still have right standing? Right. Kind of thing. Either way, I'd say definitely an issue with the heart. And not to say that I'm not any, you know, I'm, I've got those same issues where I think I still go, well, God, what? You know, I mean, those things still cross my mind. I did pay for that once. Right. Let's <laughs> <laughs> pay for it again. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, seriously. Um, I, I mean, in all honesty, so uh, there was a time when, when I installed ROMs on my computer and I was like, well. We had that discussion while hiking. Yeah. yeah. You made me full of sadness. <laughs> and I was like. But I bought it twice at least, you know, once on the Wii, and I bought it when I was, you know, had a Nintendo and I was a kid. Just so you know, my son now owns an NES Classic, so oh. no, no ROMs needed in my house. <laughs> Man, you should have gotten the Switch. Dude, the kid had Christmas money. He didn't have enough for a Switch. <laughs> he was almost there. He loves that thing, though. Oh, does he really? Yeah. Oh. They just released Mario Brothers 2 this week on, uh, so I got Mario Brothers 1, 2, and 3 all on the uh, backwards... They have, NES. It, they have it on the classic. All three of them? Yeah. Okay, nice. As that. Guys, that's another podcast. Is okay. That, he loves Legend of Zelda. Oh, nice. Uh, all that. The stuff. original one. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, the original one and the second one, but he doesn't really like the second. But nobody did, so it doesn't matter. Okay, yeah, good. that's fair. I so, didn't even know that existed. Tetris, uh, Dr. Mario, a oh, bunch wow. of stuff. Okay. But yeah, so anyway. no ROM, see? You're right. So, but He owns them legally now. <laughs> but there was that time, though, when I was like, well, I've bought them before. Why can't I have them? And I was like, you know... It's actually kind of still stealing. and But I was asking yeah, the questions. I mean, I was trying to find every excuse to make my nice little ROM collection. Coming through the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. Right. It was like, all right, well, how can I? And it's like, man, I shouldn't even be thinking that way. And so you're right. That that might be kind of one of their perspectives is, like, well, maybe I can get some permission to go ahead and, and do this kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, That's and that's <clears throat> where I think, like, no disrespect to Moses um, or, you know, God, but mm-hmm. having that broad term is very difficult. Mm-hmm. But I think that, I don't think that once again, it was Moses saying, uh, hey, man, you can divorce your wife for any reason uh, that's that you deem indecent. It was more to cover all the dumb reasons they could come up with. Right. And that, that phrase we said that indecent means once again the same thing as it did in the the last uh, Oh yeah, remind us. Yeah, I was trying to find the actual trying to look at a corner of my eye. Um, basically it, it's talking about um, uh, the uncovering of nakedness in a way that causes shame, basically. Oh, okay. Uh in some some way. I can't remember the actual terms we use. Um, but they use it in the last one to talk about what was nocturnal emission. Mm-hmm. Um, parents, you can explain that one to your kids. Um, <laughs> they, uh, uh, it's using that same light of something that would bring shame mm. uh, uh, somehow. So 
whether it's accidental exposure in public or whether it's just something that we don't know, like we don't have a definition for it, but it's a very broad, open term that could take on a lot of meanings. And once again, I think Moses is using that to say, hey, I don't know all the reasons you're going to come up with, but like this is, you know. This should cover them all. Yeah, if she's Mm -hmm. somehow causing you shame and decency and you decide to divorce her for whatever weird, twisted reason you can come up with. Right. Well, if you run across her and you're, you know, she can get remarried and that's fine, but she's, I I thought the term was interesting, ritually defiled. Hmm. Um, So I I don't, I think that means that she might be ceremonially unclean at that point and so might the person that married her, but it doesn't seem to be as uh, flagrant of a foul as like, you know, adultery. I, right. So the the terms after the fact, I could not really digest well. Right. It seemed like, okay, so her husband finds shame, finds mm-hmm. reason that she's indecent, divorces her, she gets remarried. She is now, um, at that point, unable to get another divorce because she's entered into a relationship that has made her ritually defiled um, which is the term that Grisanti uses, but I, he doesn't define what that means. So I couldn't really put my thumb on what he's saying there or where he's pulling that from. So with a ritually defiled? So basically, if she gets divorced again, she's done for. Like, she can't remarry her old husband. She can't, you know. It's like once she enters into that relationship, something happens. Hmm. But he even says, like, uh, in four, then her first husband, who's divorced her, is not allowed to marry her again after she has been defiled. Hmm. So, and I don't have, there's just not a, there's, he recommends like whole books, but I don't want whole books. May not take her to be his wife after she has been defiled. Wait, here's a. So, so would that mean, so would that prohibit her just from going back to her other husband or her? And and, and I guess, so I guess when I read it and, and I, I did not get into the, the Hebrew part of it, but I would assume so. Okay. So for example, if my wife goes out and cheats on me, she would be defiled. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, I guess under this, I would have the right to give her a certificate of divorce. But I guess that wouldn't make, I don't know, never mind. Yeah, it, he says that the word here is, I'm not even going to try. Um, but basically, he says that there's a couple of different ways it could take. Uh, one way could be that once she is divorced, um, she's fine. But once she gets remarried, as soon as she enters into that second relationship, she is defiled. Just because she's had, am I allowed to say sex? Yeah. It, okay. Well, it's too late now. <laughs> um, well, no, it's just because she entered into a marriage with, it's not even the consummation that, from okay. what I can tell. Um, he said that the other kind is a non-technical form of adultery. That is being committed. So I'm not sure what non-technical hmm. form of adultery means. Oh no. Um, but he says that what's interesting is both. This is kind of quoting him. Both of the alternatives place the responsibility of the defilement on the husband's shoulders. According to both views, especially the second view, the husband's decision to divorce his wife has caused her to marry again and be in a quasi-adulterous relationship. And he actually quotes a guy named Davidson. Um, but he says the first view does not, I have to see which view is which, um, regard the second marriage as adulterous in any sense. Um, But the first husband's decision to divorce his wife 
would now bring shame on her if she had to file for divorce with the second husband. So it all kind of goes back to the first husband yeah. being uh, in, a, in a, a lot of trouble. But right. It's, it's very confusing, and I had a very hard time trying to read and digest it. So if you are a ancient Near East uh, expert on marriage and divorce and you want to straighten me out, I would love to hear from you. Um, See, here's why no one emails us because you have put such hard questions out there. I just, I, if you I have, like, so she. If you have a double doctorate and <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you uh, speak five at, languages uh, uh, at a seminary <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just I couldn't find. It, it was very difficult for me. I didn't understand what he was prodding at. Right. I, I don't know. So anyway, more of the story. Indecency means sexual immorality or committing adultery. No, 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 no. Indecency would not be adultery, technically, because oh. they'd have to put it to death. Well, except for Jesus basically says... Oh, yeah, if you go... So Jesus kind of later on defines that term and says, well... He raises the bar. Right. Yeah. He's so, like, hey, hold up a minute. You guys are coming up with BS reasons. Right. So go to Which Genesis... Bible study reasons. Absolutely. Yeah. Nothing else. Dang it. So, <laughs> but ultimately, he's, he's basically saying... The original intent of marriage is no one should separate what God has put together. Yeah, that's Genesis two. That's basic right there. But you know, um, if your hardness of heart causes you to divorce, it should only be because of adultery or sexual immorality. Yeah, because we see this uh, tremendous picture being painted of how marriage can be a, a reflection of Christ and the church mm-hmm. in that relationship over and over again. And we also see uh, Hosea. Who is he's the one who's commanded to marry an adulterous wife yeah. and constantly take her back. Her name is Gomer. I mean, what did you expect out of Seriously. You know? Um, but um so it's kind of the same it, Jesus is calling us to that standard, like, hey, the church is gonna be constantly adulterous, but he's always gonna take them back. And right. we're supposed to kind of see that and uh, you know, try and strive for that same yeah. kind of viewpoint that same kind of love that's a little bit more unconditional so really when it comes down to it even adultery isn't a good reason for divorce no but like like i'm not trying to spill anyone's business out but i do have a a friend who um his wife committed adultery and then left him Mm. so you know when you can't when you don't have contact with her and the only contact you have is her asking for a divorce there's he not is, much you can yeah he's ba- i mean he's tried the church tried pastors tried you know it kind of at that point he's not there's uh, nothing he yeah, can do there's, right yeah, there's he's not able it's to not like you can and so i guess you definitely have circumstances along those and yeah and, mm-hmm. and jesus and jesus is in recognizing that in some cases that the sin of one person might totally destroy another and there's nothing that person can do about right. it right um but you know uh, and i i I don't know, man. Adultery is a hard one. I know. Because that's know, something I'm not... that like, burns a lot, you mm-hmm. know? I can't... But in Genesis yeah. 2, had we, had we sinned yet? Which part of Genesis 2? Or are you talking... Uh, well, I mean, Genesis 2, where he's saying... Oh, shoot. What, what did I say? It was Genesis 2... Um... Oh, no, 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 no. There, yeah, at that point, sin had not ended Right, yet. so they hadn't sinned yet. So if you're going to the origi- original Genesis intent... Three, on the other hand. Right, so if you're going to the original intent of marriage, then you don't have sin as being a part of the picture yet. So here's the original intent in marriage. Um, 
So now that sin gets into it, it gets a little bit messy. Yeah, once we so get does the, everything. Now that we're in a Genesis three world, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I can't say I would have done any better. But Adam, I man, what you thinking, bro? Right, right. <laughs> Same thing you would have been thinking, Don. <laughs> Eat the fruit. Come on, was the apple that good? <laughs> man, why you got to be saying it's an apple? Blaming apples all these years. I know, I know. I bet it was like kiwi. Have you ever had a kiwi? Those are good. Oh, those things are That's, good. That's but I can't eat those anymore. They, they they cause kidney stones. So it's like oh, such oh. a good fruit, and mm, that's what it was. It was a kiwi. It was a kiwi. <laughs> we just misinterpreted it. All right. Anyway. All right, yeah, we got to wrap it up. Um, we're, we're about we're about done with time. All right. So with that, um, we didn't make it through much today, but we made it through much today. So <laughs> <laughs> not a lot of verses, but we talked about a lot. Actually, I don't know. That's not true. We did go through a lot of verses because we went all the way to New Testament. So we didn't make it through as much Deuteronomy, but but we hit a lot of, uh, a lot. I closed my commentary without putting my bookmark in. Ah, oh, and that's a big commentary too. That's Back in a, page six ninety one. All right. <laughs> so with that, um, all right. yeah, we're gonna let you guys go. Yeah. Thanks for listening, and uh, you know, uh, take your spouse on a date. Yeah. Rekindle some love. Marriage is some good stuff. I was going to make jokes, but the kids could still be listening. All right. No more jokes. (laughs)